Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hello, David. Nice to have you on the show. Can I call you Dave or maybe just D? Or how about Divi? <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So we're now going to spend the first minute of the show talking about the show. So it's time for some. It's time for some meta show. <laughs> So, uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about like, okay, we're going to get started. And like, while you were talking, I was like writing down my notes because I, mm-hmm. I produce the audio, you know, like I actually make the MP3 happen. And so what I always do is I leave myself a reminder in the notes to put a timestamp at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show so that mm-hmm. if someone opens their podcast player, it will have a chapter marker that's named for the game we play. Excellent. And because this is Aladdin, instead of writing the word Aladdin, I wrote Al-Din. And if I had more <laughs> space on this piece of paper, I would have wrote Laddie because that's how that line goes. The line you did, like, that's an incredible coincidence. <laughs> yep. No, great, great minds and stuff. Yes. Yeah. There's, it's almost like we should hang out, be friends. Man, if there was only no, a way to. let's not go crazy. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What what if there was a way, instead of us being friends, we were able to take this jocular humor that we share back and forth and share it with everyone? I don't no, know. No, I can't think of any global distribution web that we could use to... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so We could ca- cast this wide net into <laughs> in small pods. Nicely done. Uh, so for anyone who grew up in the era we grew up in or is way older than us and had kids in the era we grew up in, uh, we played Aladdin because all of those opening things were references to Aladdin r- references. Yeah. Um, but specifically, we played the Genesis Aladdin. Yes. And it matters. It way matters. It super duper matters. And here here's some of the, the backfill on that. Right. Uh, so this game came out in the very end of 93. This was like a Christmas release in 1993. Um, fun coincidence. We actually picked this game before either of us knew that uh, Disney Games was about to release a compilation for the Nintendo Switch that includes this game. So Mm -hmm. if after this episode, we've convinced you to play or avoid this game, you can actually make real buying decisions in the modern world based on this information. Um, That's a fun coincidence. Uh, But for me, this game was entirely a blockbuster game. Like this is one of those games that my parents probably should have just done a little pattern recognition and bought me this game because I probably rented it 20 times, which would have easily paid for the cartridge. Yes, uh, and for me, it was also a uh, a blockbuster rental. I don't think any of my friends had it, or or if they did, they were also renting it or borrowing it or something like that. But um, yeah, this is this is one of those games that I just remember just loving, and every time I got the opportunity to play it, just playing the mess out of it up to a certain point where I hit a substantial <laughs> skill wall. <laughs> Um, that I couldn't get past, which I, I, and I'm not, I'm not messing around. Like this was something I distinctly, distinctly remember is thinking like this game is so much fun. It's like, akin to Battletoads. Like, I wish I could play more of it, <laughs> you know? Um, and 
well, we'll we'll discuss whether or not I had similar feelings <laughs> this time around. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like it just yeah, I remember just absolutely loving this game, and uh, and because it was not in my library, just every time somebody was like, well, we could play this, we could play that play aladdin i'd be like "Ooh, aladdin let's play aladdin yeah. Ooh, what was that aladdin related one and i mean i i think <laughs> I, I don't want to just speak for you but for me i didn't know that movie tie-in games were supposed to be terrible and you know we'll get to whether this game is or not but i think now as a person with a higher games literacy if there's like oh there's this movie i really love because i loved aladdin as a kid i love aladdin as adult this is a good movie right I don't know about mm-hmm. the live action one, but the cartoon is is a nice. And <laughs> knowing what I know now, I would probably say, "Ooh, movie tie-in game." I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Shuffleware, yeah. right? So, but I'm glad as a kid that I uh, I was more open minded, right? Because uh, some movie tie-in games are good. A lot of them are. Most of them are garbage. That's where the stereotype comes from. But but you know, I wouldn't have gotten to play this game. And then, you know, two decades later, talk about it with you if I hadn't mm-hmm. given it a chance. And there's got to be some, you know, things that y- you you loved as a kid that absolutely, you know, still hold water. Like, I am very excited for Teddy to come back 20 years from now and rewatch, you know, Into the Spider-Verse because that, that movie's amazing, you know, and he loves it. And I'm like, yeah, but you also love a lot of har- garbage, you know, so like... <laughs> Just so you know, there's a lot of things you like that you're going to come back and be like, oh, my God. But this this right here, this is one whenever I'm like, hey, Teddy, do you want to watch Netflix? And he's like, I want to watch Beam or I want to watch, you know, uh, what, what's, what, what is it? The PJ Masks or whatever, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can tolerate all of that. You know, it's like, I want to watch Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, you yeah. do. Let's sit down and watch this. I also want to watch Spider-Man. Let's sit down and watch some Spider-Man. Yes, we want to watch Spider-Man. Let's watch Spider-Man. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, before we jump individuals, uh, I'm going to do a quick uh, little uh, promo bump thing. Um, so, you know, we, there's a long-running joke about the show notes being eh, close to useless. Um, but now now and forevermore forward, uh, there are actually a few useful things in there, and, and we won't spend a lot of time on them. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to literally just tell someone they should listen to it. Or if you don't have any friends left that you haven't told about it, you could leave us a rating, a review, and a podcast. That's nice. Uh, a handful of people complained that they didn't want to do Patreon because that's like recurring money. And they just wanted to give like one-time money to like be nice and like buy us a coffee. Uh, so you could do that now. And there's a link to our coffee in the show notes if you want to like throw us a couple bucks to like help pay for hosting and stuff. That's an easy thing for you to do now. Um, and for now, uh, I am streaming some of the games we play on Twitch. So if you want to watch me suffer through some of these old games and you can't hear me throw the controller, but there were a couple times on stream <laughs> that that controller hit my desktop pretty hard. Um, yeah. So you can find the Twitch link in the show notes and you can go and watch me play through some of these games and also sometimes other stuff. Ooh. Sounds like fun. Yeah, uh, everybody should do that, especially the um, liking and subscribing and, uh, you know, uh, leaving leaving comments. I mean, and, and not only leaving comments because, you know, that 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 you know, makes more people listen, but also, too, we have had some uh, some pretty spectacular comments that, you know, it is always very rewarding for I, I know for me and I'm going to speak for you for you as well <laughs> to go through and and see some of the things our listeners wrote. And I'm like, oh, this, this person seems cool. I like this person. Yeah. 
I want to hang out with this person. I want to buy them a coffee. You can also buy yeah, us a coffee. Exactly. Right? But no, I, I, I do. I, I genuinely mean it when I say like, that is the stuff that matters the most to me. When someone yes. recommends this to someone else or when they, you know, leave uh, a comment either on Twitter or on Apple podcasts. So like it gets the word out. Like that is honestly the thing I love the most. Like, yes, come watch me on Twitch and talk to me. Like if you want to throw us a couple dollars, that's awesome. But, but the stuff that we really like get out of bed for is the people who like make jokes that refer to multiple episodes in their reviews on Apple podcasts like that. That's, oh man, that's just mm, mm, delicious. Delicious. Um, But now, now we can talk about visuals. So visuals, this game, it's a Disney game and it's a Disney game made by the Disney. If I remember correctly. No. Um, So the, you said at the top of the show, like we played the Genesis one and that matters. And it's Mm -hmm. because at this time in history, Disney had not, uh, given in to their own hubris and started making their own video games and they licensed them out. So who they licensed their IP to super duper mattered. And the Genesis one is made by a completely different company than right. the Super Nintendo one. The Genesis one, I think, was produced by Virgin Interactive, but it's made by, and this should not surprise you, the company that made Earthworm Jim. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All, all of that just came screaming back to me. I remember discussing this. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so this game has. Let me let me put it this way. It has visuals that it would not surprise me if Disney had done this themselves because the visuals are amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, they're just they're they're. I don't want to say hyper realistic, but they it really does feel like you're playing the cartoon. I mean, like top level view, you know, we're obviously going to dig in and pick them apart, but like top level view, it literally feels like you are playing a Disney movie and that you just have control over Aladdin and, you know, all of the, the ins and outs, like when the the guards throw knives (laughs) at you or like his pants drop down, it's all very Disney. It's just, it's, it's, beautiful. It's a beautiful game. Well, it's it's fluid in a way that game animations typically aren't. Um, if you've ever watched like a behind the scenes from any animated feature or featurette uh, and you see the, the, the animator, it's usually, you know, a, a guy in 1960s glasses sitting over like a, an old fashioned style drawing table and he's got like 10 pieces of paper and he's flipping them back and forth because on the piece of paper he's drawing on, he has to make like micro changes from the previous so that the animation looks smooth, right? And the more obsessive you are about how there's more drawings and the the uh, differences between them are subtler, like that's how you get smoother and smoother animation. And this is something that Disney has always taken incredibly seriously, and except, you know, like in the 80s when they were kind of just a cash grab company. But most of the time, <laughs> they've taken it incredibly seriously. And Aladdin in particular is from that like renaissance era, right? Where mm-hmm. the Walt Disney Company came back out and was like, oh, crap. Okay, we sort of dropped the ball for a minute. But by the way, we're the best at this. And so when they licensed this, you can almost imagine them selecting whatever the hell the name of the Earthworm Jim Company is. Let's just the Earthworm Jim Company, the Earthworm Jim sure. Company, because Earthworm Jim LLC. Yeah, because they uh, they had seen work they'd done and been like, oh, this stuff that they do, this pixel art, it looks like an interactive cartoon. That is what we want for our thing. Right. And and it looks Earthworm Jimmy just because I know Earthworm Jim. But that's what you want, right? When we did the Earthworm Jim episode, I think probably about a hundred thousand times, we were like, 
it's like they wanted to make a cartoon. It seems like they wanted to make a cartoon, right? And to to look at the Aladdin game, you're just like, holy crap, everything is so fluid and buttery. It, you can almost imagine someone sitting there and doing the paper flipping with their pixel art and just making sure mm-hmm. the animations have as many frames as they need to have to be super smooth and the clothes move in the, the way they did in the movie and the characters move the way they did in the movie. Everything feels just so accurate that it's yes. it's uncanny yes yes and and other other like uh one other thing that they did that i thought was very very disney kind of like a one-to-one is that there's hidden disney stuff in the visuals too which i i got a huge kick out of the most obvious one is like the um skeletons in the um in the dungeon, in the dungeon. Yeah. yeah they have like the little little mickey hat you know yeah like ha, neat but, you know, I mean, that, and that's something, though, that, that like Disney does as well. You know, like they tend to have little little hidden Easter eggs and things like that where, you know, it's like, oh, especially more recently with, uh, you know, like Disney Pixar and things like that, where, you know, like they've got like the the one car that's in all of the is, I think that is strictly Pixar, though. Oh, it's. Yeah. I, so, I mean, Pixar in, in Pixar was Disney and then it wasn't. And it was, the, I forget. The, how. Yeah. That, so Pixar, you know, corporate nonsense aside, like when they weren't Disney and now they are Disney, like a lot of their inspiration came from the Disney way. Right. Right. And and that kind of through line brand consistency, right? Like that is certainly a thing Pixar does, but you would be remiss to say that Disney didn't at least have a seat at the inspiration table because there are literally guidebooks you can buy where you walk around Disneyland at Disney world, just to pick out hidden Mickey's, So it's like someone crafted this entire fantasy world for you and you're not content with that. Like you have to dive even deeper into the secret lore inside the fantasy world. Like that's, that's Disney at its best. And this game, whether they did this on their own or whether they had like Disney people embedded in the company, like they're carrying that through Disney, Disney at its best is an ARG for Disney. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you go to the Disney Park, but here's the secret Disney Park. I mean, like, you know, and then the real secret Disney Park beneath that secret Disney Park is the one with all of, like the inter interwoven tunnels and stuff beneath the <laughs> underneath the, the Magic that, Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just kind of like, I mean, when people are like, what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? Like, try to get to Disneyland, <laughs> Disney World, man. You know, like, like labyrinths, probably pre-stored food. I mean, I think that's what Disney was really made for, and that's why they're doing all this corporate conglomeration. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, the nice thing was that, you know, the game, it, it very, in the in the visual sense, it was very much so a spiritual, in my opinion, a spiritual one-to-one to Disney. You know, it's got like, it's got the hidden stuff. It's got the beautiful animation. Um, it's very bright and colorful. It's v- The animation is very... Um, it's not ser- it doesn't take itself too seriously you know um, no, even even like, the fact that there is violent combat in this game it feels fanciful and cartoony it doesn't feel i mean you're not it's not halo right it's not the last of right. us where your skull gets ripped in twain like it's like oh i cut him with my sword and he just sort of like poofed away yeah and they even go so far as to make the ui in line with that because you're um, your health is a lamp, you know? So it's yeah, not like, like the smoke trail. Yeah. Smoke trail just slowly gets smaller and smaller. And so, while that's not a great direct indicator of like, <laughs> like 
you know, you can't you can't know exactly how many hit points you have. You can only know about how hurt you are. It's like, okay, fine. On a scale of one to eighty nine, how hurt am I? You know? <laughs> so it's not it's not that in the sense of like, oh, I can take exactly this many more hits until I die. But that being said, is I could pretty easily tell you, you know, whether or not I was on death's door in great shape or how many of what I assume is the genie's heart rent from his body and placed gingerly about the level for you to consume to gain health or whatever it was. But, um, <laughs> you know, how many of those genie hearts I needed in order to, you know, get back up to a decent health level. But I, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that user, you know, that UI, right? Um, and so again, you know, just, just very, very nicely thought out as opposed to being like, okay, well, we're going to make this beautifully visual Disney world. And then, crash out of it because you know you're going to have like this specialty health bar and all this sort of stuff and you know um you can cast fireball or something like that it's like no man you've got a a, a health bar that's a genie's lamp and all you have is one little counter that tells you how many apples you've got in your pocket that's yeah. and, and the that's your, pretty much it your number of lives i think is also on screen all the time number of lives and number of jewels you've got yeah which, which are yeah. video gamey things but for they're, they're all on theme, right? Like the number of yeah. lives is a little Aladdin head. Like the Apple thing is a weird through line in Aladdin games just because of like the one scene where he gingerly <laughs> handles an apple and it's like, oh, he's an apple master, right? Ooh, ooh, wait, no, I have a, I have an interesting side thing for this. Um, so yeah, so, so he, he, you know, like pops, yeah, the, the elbow you know, pop, yep. The elbow pop, right? So he elbow pops Jasmine, the apple when he's a street rat, right? And then he elbow pops her an apple again when they're singing a whole new world. And if you slow that down frame by frame, they animate her realizing in that moment that he's Aladdin. That's the giveaway. That's the giveaway. Like you see him like, cause they're, they're flying around. Cause up until that point, she's just kind of like, Oh, I don't really know what's happening. But he grabs the apple and does it. And you see her kind of go and, and she, she grabs the apple. She looks surprised, then elated. And then kind of like, mm. like, you know, like, Oh, you're okay. right. Because and, the, the next thing she says is it's a shame. Abu had to miss this. No, he hates fireworks. Yes. You're totally right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm even more okay with them, you know, using the apples because that was actually kind of a, this huge revelation I had recently when somebody showed me that frame by frame, I was like, Oh my God, that's, and and that's the type of attention to detail that Disney puts into it. And that's the kind of attention to detail that the visuals of this game put into it. Well, and they even pull that just in case you didn't understand why Aladdin would have apples. They literally pull that into the game world because his idle animation is he tosses the apple up in the air and then he tosses it up again and does the, the roll down his shoulder and bumps it up into the air and then catches it and puts it away. Right. So like, you know, Sonic has his why the hell are we standing still idle animation and Aladdin <laughs> has his apples because that is a core part of his character arc. Oh, <laughs> a core part. <laughs> uh, um, before, because I, I sense the crapping on things that have to do with the visuals coming. Um, yeah, no, it's coming, man. Like, like we've, we've held this 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 dike back as hard as we can yeah. and like the holes are starting to enumerate. <laughs> but it's, but it's before coming. we get there, I do want to mention that uh, there were a couple things that I specifically wrote down as like thoughtful touches. And, and we already even thought of a couple I didn't think of before. And there were probably a bunch of others that I missed. But uh, one of the thoughtful animation touches that I really like, even though it's there for mechanical reasons, but it's visually such a stunning way to do it is, uh, you know, apples are you have a sword, but apples are like an important weapon, right? And when you throw apples at an enemy that has a sword, they can actually cut your apple out of the air and it splits hmm. in half. Uh, 
and like falls to the side right i don't think i noticed that if yeah you, it's it's most of the enemies because i mean they want you to succeed in in stopping your opponents but like some of them like swing their sword and like if an apple hits the sword it will actually split it out of the air right which is just like it's beautiful like it's so smooth and it's really fast and it's like oh i didn't hit them because they didn't do their big cartoony i took damage animation right so even if you don't notice the apple you know that it didn't make it to the target right right and it makes a different noise than like the splork noise that it makes when the apple hits something and like the fruit squishes um another thing is uh some of the enemies throw like daggers at you and you can actually cut their dagger out of the air so as Mm -hmm. it's coming in if you swing and hit it you get a unique or semi-unique sound effect of like you know blade on blade because there's not a lot of deadly sword combat in a disney game (laughs) but but you get like a metal clashing metal and like their dagger goes like flying off to the side and it again it's fast but it gives you not just useful information about like oh ha ha like they countered my attack or i countered their attack but the fact that it shows like the object go flying off to the side, like they didn't have to animate that. It probably took somebody a friggin' eternity to do that stupid little animation, <laughs> but like, but it, it's yep. just, it's, it's thoughtful. It's consistent. It's just, it's really good. Now we it can is. start crapping on the things that are bad. And here we <laughs> go. So, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the tell, telling the difference between foreground and background, <laughs> i.e. I, what, what you can and cannot interact with, right? My, my that notes, is, you can see like my, my tolerance for this change over the course of my notes, because at first <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it's super clear. Uh, sometimes it's not. This is bull crap. <laughs> like, it's just this <laughs> descent into madness. And and to be fair, I think that that's that's okay or true because you know when you're first playing the game, the first couple of stages, it's it is very clear, kind of like what you need to do. And then I, I kind of had a similar thing where at first I was like, eh, you know, this is all right, whatever. And then in stage two, I was like, ooh, there were a couple of areas where I was a little confused on this, but but overall, overall, not too bad. And then it gets to uh, the cave levels, and just like the similar cave like levels the junkyard levels and earthworm gym like just as bad and yeah. it's atrocious yeah, what's it a is... slope that i can walk up what's a wall that i'm gonna crash into like an idiot yeah i mean literally at one point i said hey hey megan come here come here look at this and i'm just sitting there pushing against nothing <laughs> like because he has a pushing animation and, and there I am pushing against nothing, just like look, look, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, and just and Megan's like, what, what what's happening there? I'm like, I'm pushing against an invisible wall. What what about this would make me think that I can't move here? And it, the answer was because in the background, there was like some swooping arcing thing that totally looked like it was in the background, but was meant to be in the foreground and meant to be something that I couldn't, in you know get past which again i understand they can't create this sprawling open world on the genesis but that being said i should be able to clearly tell what i can and cannot interact with and regularly i could not well and i i feel like the hitboxes and the the collision detection is that's the next thing on my it, list of things to, to, well, to but crap I mean, on so yeah, but no it leads, it leads it's nicely in but, but yeah, it's the, all these things are generally at this era in history, I think mostly made up of like overlapping squares and rectangles, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to draw something that's like swoopy and swooshy and has curves, I don't think you can give it a perfectly curvaceous 
collision detection, like there has to be some hard corners, just like the pixels. If you look closely enough, you can see all the hard corners, right? So the swoopier and swooshier, the beautiful backgrounds and even the foreground, like when you're walking up and down little hills get, the worse the collision detection is going to be because at some point it wouldn't make sense visually that there's this little wispy bit of rock and it's like, oh, can I stand on that? Oh, no, I can't. I actually just plummeted to my death because the collision detection stops 20 pixels back from there, but they wanted it to have like this nice little swoopy, swooshy, rocky tail thing because it's like, oh, the the rocks are falling apart and they just perched in this like kind of beautiful way because it's a magical cave. Like, I really do get all that, but at some point you have to decide, do we want the collision detection for the floor and for the walls to be platformy where there's like clear rectangular platforms regardless of what the platform looks like there's collision that's a clear rectangular platform or should we overcompensate and sometimes you will notice the character sort of standing on nothing where like one foot is still on the platform but the other foot is like kind of hovering over nothing because of the way we've drawn it and for me for my dollar you always always let them hover over nothing you always let them hover over nothing because that's more fun yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's the issue is that I think that they went for, um, and to be fair, I do think that they gave the 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 player a little bit of a uh, of give, but not nearly as much as they needed to in in a game like this, where like you well, said, and everything compared to what you're seeing, right? Because that's the problem is that they they probably said like, okay, we are going to be twenty percent in favor of the player, and it's like that's and normally in a normal normal game that would be fine but because of the way the visuals look that still looks unfair you know it looks really unfair and what it does is as opposed to making the hitboxes look clean it makes the hitboxes look incredibly sloppy you know and i mean like almost frustratingly teeth grindingly game breakingly sloppy you know and and I, I I don't know whether to mention this now. I'm just going to mention it now because <laughs> um, it's one of my notes and mechanics. But but basically the the issue that comes into there is that what they do is there are times when they have very mechanics intensive portions, right? Where basically you need to where it becomes because this game is a platforming game, right? But for about a third to a half of it, they kind of know that it's not really a platforming game. It's it's a game where, you know, you're playing Aladdin the movie and kind of, as we were saying before, in the visuals, you know, like that's that's what it does so well, you know, is you really feel like you're playing Aladdin the movie. There's the game makes you like, feel like Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel that way and feels good. It feels good. Um, but, but then at some points, they're just kind of like, okay, now we need a spike and the, they'll spike the difficulty curve up. And it's like, you have spiked the difficulty curve on in a way that would normally be okay for again a normal game, but because of the way that you have maximized for visuals, it completely the game breaks under it. You know, so I mean, like if they like the hitbox is incredibly sloppy, that would not be an issue if there weren't times when I really need to know exactly where the hitbox is. Like if there's a point where I need to re- jump up and like grab onto the genie's, you know goatee right so that way i can kind of climb from genie to genie in the lamp right that's entirely fine and if you know if you want to make it that way that's kind of hard to get to and i might miss it that's fine too especially if the hitbox is garbage all that's fine but then i need to land on a giant trampoline 
that looks like the carpet for it to rocket me back up to those genie heads as opposed to being slammed into nothing and dying, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that that becomes the the swoopy visuals with the garbage hitbox and then sudden spikes in difficulty that make you rely on those things is very intensely problematic and frustrating. Yeah. And and for me, the the place that it manifested most is anytime I needed to do precision horizontal platforming because mm -hmm. in the escape from the cave level which is like right before the genies levels right inside the lamp um there's a lot of like precision platforming that needs to happen and there's the the there's like a sense of urgency like you actually can take that level fairly slowly at most parts but there are some parts where there's like boulders rolling behind you and you need to move but generally speaking, it just feels like I need to be on the move, like I'm escaping, yes. right? And so that yes. sort of pushes you forward. And then there's like, you know, little rock pile A and little rock pile B. And little rock pile A and little rock pile B are being torn apart by the lava. So they're shaped like impossibly, right? Mm -hmm. And if you walk too far to the end of rock pile a because it looks like you should be able to step there or what happened to me is i learned i couldn't step there and i would jump way, way too, too early, early. Yep. <laughs> way too early and then just plummet to my death in the lava nowhere close to the other side right because yeah. the distance is it's like a near maximum distance i'm sure it's not it's probably like an 85 percent maximum distance like there's a very small wiggle room for how you can actually make that jump but it's for how you can actually make that jump, if you could see the hard corners of the collision detection, which I can't, I can just see the beautiful, lovingly crafted, wispy animations. And I don't know if we got this specific when we talked about Earthworm Jim, but this is exactly what it feels like to play Earthworm Jim. Yeah. And and the real problem with all of that, right, is that if, uh, if you know, because I, I did the exact same thing. So I started jumping way too early, way too early. And then the problem is your spouse will come in about halfway through and say, are you sure you should be jumping that early? And you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, I shouldn't be. I should be jumping way later. But I just, 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 it's a mess. It's a freaking mess. Yeah. No, it's, it's really problematic. And, and no, that like the, the place where I pretty much rage quit for a little bit and I kind of had to go meditate and find the level advanced code um, was, was that level because I, you know, I was, I was playing on easy and, you know, I was, I was getting along. I was doing pretty good, you know, and I got to that place. And I had like nine Aladdins and three wishes or something like that. You know, I was doing, doing pretty good, you know, and then just, I made it rain Aladdins, man. I mean, it, ultimately I could have like gotten through the level without jumping at all just walking across the corpses of aladdin <laughs> that i had left strewn about the level you know like that's really how much i mean like because i mean you get i had nine lives and you get five three five lives per continue uh a bunch enough think, that it shouldn't you shouldn't yeah, be yeah. measuring your attempts in the dozens for a disney game <laughs> yeah and and i was definitely hitting about two dozen attempts at this you know and i was just like I just, I can't, I can't get through this. I can't get through this. Um, and, uh, and that, that's a huge issue, right? Because I mean, that means that the difficulty spike was like nigh impossible, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I spent, like I, I mentioned, like I've been Twitch streaming some of the games, like a soft launch. I've already been doing this for like a month. Um, but 
uh, this is one of the games that I streamed on Twitch and I literally had an entire night. So like 90 minutes that was dedicated to just getting through this level. And it's not, I'm willing to accept that like some of this responsibility is on me, right? Like as I beat this game as a kid, so I know it's doable by me. (laughs) <laughs> but like, but I know I know it is doable <laughs> by me. Like I am capable of doing this in the past, and I did get through it this time. But just the amount that I had to tell myself, like, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump, jump, right? Like because I couldn't trust my eyes, and I don't feel like that's an appropriate sensation in a platformer. I want to see the clip of like, you know, somebody's like broken it down so it's in slow motion, but she was like Aladdin like running, you know, towards the side of that cliff. And just smash cuts to Braveheart going, hold! <laughs> it cuts back to Aladdin. And he's like getting, hold! You know, because that's the way it feels where he's just like, now! And then you just, and then you're just a second too late, which again, make, uh, and this is just another note that I have, which it kind of may feel like we're, we're, be beating a dead horse version of a boot because that happens it, um it does uh it, but i mean it basically what it ends up coming off as is i can't tell you whether or not the coyote physics are good or bad but they come off as awful because there were a number of times when i just like went run 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 plummet mm-hmm. and i was like nope and, and literally at one point i said to i turned to megan i was like you hear me hitting the button right you hear it <laughs> you know like you're you're my second i mean pair of eyes slash ears like you saw me plummet and you saw me hammering like you hear you heard the tack 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 right that's me hammering <laughs> the jump button and nothing's happening and I, I i reverted back to being 12 and i like shoulder the control i'm like you see do you see me pushing the button do you see nothing happening and she's like yes 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 dear now please stop swearing in front of your four-year-old you know i mean it's like no know, no dude I'm, I'm with fishy. you i'm with you 100 percent. and and when i finally got through this level i had learned enough of like okay okay so like I can jump way later than I think I can and I need to just kind of like commit to it. And that helped me through like the genie stage and like the next couple. The place that like literally just broke me emotionally for whether or not I, I was willing to take the responsibility on this is the boss fight with Iago when he's like powering Jafar's like magic machine. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why that happens at that point in the game, but whatever. Right. So like you know, he's he's running on the thing and you need to get up on the like stairs, sort of like the little like brick stairs and throw apples at Iago to defeat him. What they don't tell you is that if you approach the stairs in a way that the game just doesn't like, you don't walk up the stairs, you walk in front of the stairs, but there's nothing to indicate that walking up them is even possible because they look like they're part of the background, but you cannot jump high enough from the ground to consistently hit Iago, right? And there's like crap rolling around, there's barrels and friggin' ghosts and nonsense, like, so being in the correct position to quickly murder him with fruit matters. And if you're just running back and forth, you're just slowly taking damage and getting worn down. So, trying to get up there was was starting to break me the thing that broke me is for some reason and this is just a bug but for some reason in the middle of that room there's just a bottomless pit in the floor like it's not there visually but there's no collision detection in this certain part of the floor but only if you jump at the wrong angle so while trying to get up Hmm. on the stairs if you jump wrong, you just plummet through this invisible hole in the floor and die instantly. And so that was another place where I had to put the controller down, kind of do the temple massage, like go make a sandwich, you know, have a drink, come back and be like, okay, okay, 
All right. Okay, I can do this. And like I did stumble through it. And then I happened to be with you when you were playing through that level. And I was like, hey, just so you know, like you you need to jump up over there and then just hammer him with Apple. So, of course, you beat that level in like 10 seconds. And then yeah, I have no me... idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then just gave me no end. Of it. <gasps> yeah. No, I mean, it, I still I have no idea what you're talking about. That was clearly the easiest stage. I judge you and like retroactively judge you, you know, like I judge you with interactions that we've had previously. Like, <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> Yep, that's, um, that's about what it was like. <laughs> uh, so to to end my notes on visuals, uh, one to 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 make it a uh, a sandwich, a compliment sandwich, right? Is uh, <laughs> so so so. Hey, Aladdin, come on in. Okay, so uh, you did a really great job with you know your your visuals and really feeling like a Disney game. You're a terrible game, and I hate the fact that you platform like this. But on another upside, the visual affordances, I thought. <laughs> I thought we were actually really good. Um, no, it's, it's like so. First of all, right off the off the cuff, they off the cuff they have a quick little screen that says, "This is what everything is." You know, like these are jewels, these are checkpoints, these are this, and, and I mean, and that's that's good, and I think that's there for like the younger audiences, people who are like way lower games literacy, and it's nice because you know you don't have somebody popping up, Mega Man, hey Mega Man, you have to touch these gray hearts because if you don't, then you're gonna die. You know, like that. You didn't you didn't have any of that, right? Um but that being said, I did feel that each of the items were themselves like a good enough visual affordance that I could tell what they did without any prompting whatsoever. Like the genie's hearts, you know, they like they're heart shaped. They they give you life. You know the the dark. Uh, well, and lamp. I didn't. And they're genie colored because your life bar is the smoke it, coming out of the lamp, right? They're not red right. hearts. They're genie blue hearts. Yeah, <laughs> I want that color in like a car paint. You know, <laughs> it's it's a nineteen seventy seven Chevrolet Bel Air painted genie blue. <laughs> Um, I don't even know if that's right. I don't, I don't know if it's Chevrolet made the Bel Air. No, it's fine. Or if they made it in the 77. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, but you know, like when you, when you, when you touch the lamp that, you know, clears the screen, I like touched it and it went like did all the little fireworks and then the screen was empty. So I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's what that item does. You know, the genie checkpoints, like when you touch the thing, it turns around and it's this big smiley thing. You're like, oh, that's, that's probably, it feels like a checkpoint. So I felt that the it, it wasn't, you know, like I touched the thing. It Like if I touched the lamp and it fired off like that and that was the checkpoint, that would have been confusing, you know? But each of the things kind of did what I expected them to because they visually represented something that made sense and made sense in universe. And I thought that was done very well. Well, and you have like the checkpoints and the health are genie blue, which is friendly. But the lamp that clears the screen is the black Jafar lamp. Yeah, because that one is like violent and destructive. And you could even almost be not be blamed if you avoided those because you're like, oh, that maybe that hurts me. Right. So Mm -hmm. but but it's like if you miss that all it, it, it does destroy all the enemies on the screen, which is nice. But like if you miss that, it doesn't harm the game like it's not like oh you can't finish the level because you didn't pick up all the things that may have killed you right so it's making tying that mechanic to that visual i think is smart because then if you do react the wrong way to that visual it doesn't 
it doesn't like make it impossible to finish the game, right? It doesn't make it distinctly even harder to finish the game because generally there aren't a ton of enemies on screen until the like very last level when there's just the enemies friggin' everywhere. But but generally in the earlier stages there aren't that many enemies on screen. So if you miss the lamp that kills everybody, it's like eh, well, so now you just gotta you know apple them to death. Yep. So uh, that's kind of all I had for for visuals. So I I have to talk about this one other thing, and and I don't know if this is going to spawn a huge conversation or not, but I just, I I would kill myself if I didn't mention this. Uh, The camera in this game is hostile to the player. It is, (laughs) the camera is actively hostile to the player. And here is my reason for this. Aladdin is not always at the center of the action. The camera is actually scrolling really fast with you. And the way you can detect this is if you are in your 30s and you have a sophisticated games literacy and you're starting to have Vietnam flashbacks about where the collision detection is on the platforming and you're now proceeding very cautiously, you will find the actual invisible wall that triggers the camera to scroll forward. And so Mm. what ended up happening to me a lot, and I noticed this the most in the, the genie lamp level, is... I would be on a platform staring into black nothingness because I had not stepped onto the part of the platform that would make the camera scroll and put me on the left side of the screen with platforms in front of me instead of me being right up against the right side of the screen. And that happened to me constantly. Like it's worse in the genie level because there's a lot of, there's more bottomless pits than not bottomless pits. Like there's more pits than ground. So I was proceeding very cautiously because I was like, oh, I want to see where the platform is before I go just bounding into space. But if you watch someone play this on a speed run, it looks like the camera is keeping Aladdin in the center of the action all the time because they are constantly crossing that barrier that makes the camera scroll forward. So in a level, like in most of the levels where there's solid ground, you don't really notice the camera thing because you are proceeding forward confidently. But in the genie level and in um, the palace level where there's like the flamingos and there's the water, mm-hmm. in those levels, I was constantly noticing the camera because I was proceeding cautiously and not triggering the camera to scroll forward. And that in a platformer, to me, that is like literally player hostile is because mm. I need to know where the next platform is. Like that is not something I should be just speculating on that there will be a surface for me to jump onto. And and that is that is that is more than fair. The the one reason why I don't think that impacted me and and I wish we had discussed it first because like I think this could have helped you a lot is um <laughs> you if you tried being good oh being crap being I wish I wish we had talked about that because yeah of I all mean, the things that I tried that was yeah, literally the just, only one I did just being good I mean it, not just at, at video games in general like you know <laughs> just be a better that, person <laughs> <laughs> be better in life no actually I I didn't. I didn't really notice that, but also I think that, that this may hearken to to just kind of our different play styles. Is I, t- I think we rage against video games a little bit differently because when I get frustrated with a video game, I will just throw my life away. <laughs> like I just barrel forward at full tilt and just wildly improvise as fast as humanly possible. So I think that that just the so I didn't notice it because I was always tripping the screen because I would just trip the screen and then just fall to my death and then just <laughs> and then respawn, which is. You know what? Now that I think about it, is this why I'm so much more sensitive to cycle time than you? Because when I get frustrated, I tend to run to my death a lot faster, which then makes me way more hyper aware of how far back that action has put me. That checks out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, because because I'm, I'm trying to, at least in this game, I can't say if this is true of, of all games, but 
once I noticed how janky the platforming could be, because the genie level comes right after the escape from the lamp or the escape from the cave level where the platforming was literally making the game unplayable for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so to pair uh, these platforms have invisible parts where you will just fall to your death with literally the screen is completely black and you can't see where you're supposed to go next. Like to have one of those things follow on the tail of the other uh, it made me kind of timid, right? I, I was a little uh, tre- tre- trepidatious about like moving forward, right? So I, I, I can understand why the way I approached that problem and the way you approached that problem in this game specifically would have led to such a divergent experiences. But yeah, I'm prepared to say that regardless of your playstyle, you should never be pressed up against the right side of the screen if the next direction you're supposed to go is to the right. Like, that should not be a thing that can happen. The trip area for the camera should either be massive or the camera should always be centered on me. So I am always at the center of the action. And then you build your platforming around the, how you know the camera is going to be positioned. But I am the center yeah. of the action. But no, you just throwing Aladdin's deep into the bowels of the lamp <laughs> so that you could walk across their corpses. Yeah, that, that sounds like why cycle time would affect you so much. <laughs> well, and because... And, and a part of me, and this is this is a mild tangent, but I promise it does bear, is uh, Megan and I were talking about, you know, because we're always looking for you know, new video games we can play and things like that. And uh, Mario Maker 2 came out, right? And, um, <laughs> and she was like, oh, is that, that, that seems like a game you might like. I'm like, one, I'm never going to have the time to make a Mario level. You know, so I'm never going to make a Mario level. And she's like, oh, but, you know, you could, you could play levels. I'm like, I have become hyper-reliant on good game design. Um <laughs> And I don't find playing people's bad game design to be enjoyable or entertaining. And I said all that to say this, which is I I have realized that I really do. I I, sometimes when I play games, especially when I become frustrated, is I become like a four year old where I'm just running at full tilt. And theoretically, the game designer from behind the game is like running behind me, like and ahead of me, like moving stuff out of the way and like (laughs) grabbing me, picking me up and like putting me on the things before I like slam my knees into it. And they're like, I'm trying to keep up with you as much as I can, son. And I'm just turning back to him like, good, that makes you a good game designer. And I just still (laughs) running full tilt, you know, I mean, this is Mario Maker is not the right game for someone in your (laughs) like current life situation, because what you do is you walk into Mario Maker and you say, oh, hey, I need like five to 20 needles. And mm-hmm. Mario Maker says, well, I have a million pieces of hay with five to 20 needles in it. And if yep. you, if you want to go in there and look for them, you're welcome to, right? So like someone who wants to play Mario, but has like your current life situation with like work and family and hobbies and stuff like you want to just play a Mario game, not Mario Maker, because there's a good Mario game in there somewhere, but it's buried and distributed randomly. Yes. But yeah, so so all that being said is, you know, when when I played when I played Aladdin, I was just kind of like, you know. I'm just going to run full tilt. And if I, if I die, cause like, and, and generally this is true of most video games is that like, if I die, I will say, you know, I can recognize like, no, I was moving faster than the game's designers intended. I was playing it too fast and loose. My reaction time wasn't fast enough. Or I died because I, I click, click, click on the A button and I didn't jump and I should have jumped, you know? So like, 
I can I can kind of get a feel for whether or not it's me being belligerent that's causing my death versus like poor game design. But yeah, I mean, basically, I expected that. I mean, and, and to be fair, modern games, and this is why we're viewing older ones through nostalgia goggles, <laughs> but modern games aren't designed around that. Like, I mean, uh, uh, Celeste, you can run full tilt. And if your reflexes are fast enough, you can clear any area of a stage without stopping, you know? Yeah, so. True. Yep. So theoretically, if you get into a good rhythm, you should be able to go through the stage. But uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that's my counter thought to that yeah. is you know get good. Speaking of rhythm, let's talk about the audio. Nice, yeah. nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, the audio, as far as the the music goes, man, it's uh, it's Disney level music, man. It's just, it's good. I. I, I just I really enjoyed I really enjoyed listening to this uh, to the music on here. I, I you know, like each stage kind of had, you know, various um, songs from the game. Uh, even even when uh, like when you when you clear a stage, it has kind of like a little musical bump that's, you know, very similar to the music from the, the movie. The music is fantastic. Well, it's Disney music. I, I think it's it's hard to take a uh, a fully orchestrated performed by talented people piece of music from a movie like a beloved classic film and say okay now we're gonna bang it out in on a midi file that we shove (laughs) into this little cartridge and yet all of these sound like incredibly i hate to call them covers but like really faithful covers of the movie music, right? Just like the mm-hmm. animation is incredibly true and faithful to the way it looks and feels in the film, the music, like, is Robin Williams singing during the genie level when the background music is Friend Like Me? No, of course he's not. Is Aladdin singing uh, during, uh, oh Lord, the opening song? Um, oh, Susan's going to be pissed at me. The opening the song? The name of it? What? The name of the opening song? Is it or... one, Is it One Jump? No, we the, the opening song is like I come from a land. No, 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 the the first one Aladdin sings, where he's oh. like running from. Well, the that's guards. not the opening song, is it? Oh, dude, <laughs> it's it's the opening <laughs> number. Like it's not the first piece of music you hear. It is the first significant story piece of music. It's not the framing device. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think I think it is. I think one jump is the opening one, and then after that, it's uh, um, the the what is it? Uh, reprise of the the, the him looking at the castle and yeah all that the, stuff. the the street rat reprise song. yes yeah anyway whatever that song is called that i'm i i must have sung that song a hundred thousand times in my life but i apparently didn't look at the back of the cd case um but you know that that it doesn't have aladdin singing of course but it, it feels exactly like that song should feel right and there are a few pieces of music in this game that i'm there are either original to the game like the boss music or they're like inspired by adaptations of background music from the movie like the the escape from the lamp level doesn't or the the escape from the cave level music does not sound like anything that i immediately recognize as being directly from the movie but it fits right like it's all it's in the same kind of instrumentation. It's on theme. Everything feels consistent, like musically. So even if that's not how that background music sounded in that scene, which I'm pretty sure it's not, they didn't just take that music wholesale. It still feels 
Aladdin y, right? It still feels <laughs> appropriate, I guess, which which gives a nice consistency because if you're gonna take a piece of original music and insert it into a world where like you can sing along to every other piece of music because you've heard them a million times, like that's that's gotta be a scary proposition, right? Like, oh hey, uh, you know, Francine, we we need you to uh to write this little piece of music that's going to be used in this one level because this level isn't exactly how the movie went, but we think it makes sense mechanically in the game. So we need you to write some music for it. And it's like, you want, you want me to write music that goes in between a Robin Williams song and one of the songs Aladdin sings. I uh, what, <laughs> right? Like that's gotta be a terrifying prospect, but, and yet they absolutely delivered a hundred percent. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, it's one jump ahead. Ah, I was close. Yeah, yeah, uh, de- definitely like a-, a for effort, and and didn't you didn't stick the landing, but it was it was close. Yeah, like, I, I, I would I wouldn't k- kick you out of the Olympics. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So I I really felt that the music was was good on this one. I felt that the sound effects were um, you know, were were they were fine. I didn't. I think that they did their job adequately. There was no at no point where I was like, oh man, this was really elegant. There were there were definitely some areas where just like in in a lot of art where they had some things that i've now started to be like yeah you just i i now expect these things you know um like one of them is you know when you make contact with an enemy it does make a sound effect the same thing if you get hit if you hit an enemy or you get hit it does make a sound effect that is super necessary because because you can throw apples and sometimes have to throw apples off screen you know so <laughs> so you really need to rely on that audio cue and uh, and that exists, which is, again, important. It's important for game feel just because if you hit somebody and they they, they, and they make a visual, but they don't make a noise that you hit them, it, it feels like you're like whiffing, even though you're not. Um, so it's important for game feel, but it is also important like to get that information related to the player. And they do do that. But I, I that's to me like saying, you know, well, I thank you for coming to school fully closed today, Danny. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> It is good that you did that. It is also kind of expected. Yeah, and it, it's it's expected, but their execution is really good, right? So to, to your point about, like, you can throw apples. Sometimes that hit an enemy off screen, and sometimes that's required, like, to beat the game. And uh, but, <laughs> but what I like is that they have a miss noise, because when the apple collides with anything besides an enemy, it makes the, like, squish sound of, like, the apple bursting apart but it doesn't make the enemy got hit noise, right? So even if you, you know, if you can imagine very cinematically, like you hurl the apple over your shoulder because that's the equivalent of throwing it off camera, right? Mm -hmm. You know whether you hit them or not just based on that sound effect. And this isn't, I mean, it's not a a shoot-em-up game, right? This isn't Galaga. It's, you, you can mostly rely on the visuals, but I want that audio cue, I don't always 100% need it except the final boss, but I, <laughs> but I do really like it being there because it's just one of those things that, and, and I know we've talked about this with other games for a lot of people. I know, you know, you're, you're, you're a running gag, but for a lot of people, like they're not super <laughs> aware of the sound design and that's fine, but they mm-hmm. would feel it if it wasn't there. And if I Correct. throw the apple and it makes the the noise of like the the dagger going through it and it cuts in half, or if it makes the splork noise because I missed, or if it makes the like little poofy smoke noise that they chose to be their their you did damage noise, like I always know, even if I wasn't looking, even if I blinked or sneezed or looked away from the screen or whatever, like I always have that consistent audio cue. And I'm with you a hundred percent. Like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. Like that's your job as a sound designer, but 
you know, when the swords hit, it makes the sword hitting noise. When the apple misses, it makes the apple missing noise. When the the magical rope, you know, drags you up into the air, like that makes a unique noise. So all of the sound design is really excellent. And it's not required to play the game, but I would say it's required to get the full experience. Yes. Um, this is this is one minor tangent, but the sound effects, it's kind of like the, you know... Um, like there, there's just some generic sound effects. Like for instance, like you said, when the apple misses, it makes that apple kind of splork sound, right? And that's pretty not that exact like wave file, but that type of sound is typical for you know like fruit or whatever like missed its missed its mark, right? And the same thing where it's like you know like when you get hit with an egg, it makes that kind of like you know very distinctive. Like you hear like a small crack, and it's kind of like you know kind of a thing, right? Those types of sound effects, for me personally really like because i heard them all of the time right from basically from birth from as soon as i can remember all the way up until i was at an age where i actually had like fruit and and eggs not all at the same time but like you know like like kids are kids and they throw this stuff at each other and i thought like like getting hit in the shoulder with an apple was going to cause it to like explode <laughs> gingerly on my shoulder and make a splork sound and it really hurts yeah so you, you, know? you were expecting a water balloon but you got a baseball yeah and i was just kind of like whoa because like, we were like oh we're gonna throw apples at each other and just like and i don't think we were referencing this specific game but we were like just like in aladdin it'll go splork when it'll hit us and whatever and then like i think we we, we nailed each other once and we we're like we gotta stop this is this is oh god is this what i've been doing to people and i deserve to be in here so uh so yes it does it does make those very dis- distinctive like uh we, we've all agreed as a society that that is the sound that cartoon apples make when they hit a solid object um it does make that sound that sound is not realistic but it is what we are expecting and that is well done well i think the problem is rotten fruit would explode like that but healthy you know delicious red crisp looking apples wouldn't so you they like they want their their <laughs> apple and to eat it too like they want it to explode like rotten fruit into a cloud of apple juice but they want it to look like a normal apple so that you could throw it like a baseball and the reason i can speak to that is because uh when we first moved when i was a kid we lived in a temporary house while they were like building the house we were going to live in and there were citrus trees in the backyard and citrus trees are one of those plants that like they're gendered. So one tree like fertilizes the other tree, but it doesn't work in the other direction. Right. So one tree is covered in rotten fruit and the other tree is covered in healthy fruit. And I think my brother and I got one trip into the backyard where we threw rotten oranges at each other <laughs> before my parents were like, never, ever are you allowed to do that again? Because we came into the house covered in rotten oranges. And, and which I'm sure I, smelled delightful. Yes, but I can tell you, rotten fruit does explode like it does in a cartoon, but it doesn't look yep. like a normal healthy piece of fruit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they they want their fruit to be ripe and rotten too. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of all I, I I have for audio is that the the music is very lovingly crafted, as lovingly crafted as the visuals and the sound effects are. What I have come to expect from video game sound effects. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. And we can then segue into controls and mechanics. Fine. Though. Have you have you seen segue spelled? Um like the the stupid thing you stand on or like the actual no, word because no, like, aren't like, they spelled like differently? Segway. 
I, I I'm I'm not sure, but if I like if I remember correctly, segues by like S E G U E, like something like that. I don't know. Gun to my head, I couldn't spell that. It's, it's French. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just remember seeing it written at one time. I was like Segui. Oh wait, that's Segway. Oh wow. Okay. I think I think Segway the company is spelled like we would we we yeah, Americans S E G W A Y. Yeah, Segway. Yeah, Segway. Yeah. <laughs> it's called fall because leaves fall down. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah <laughs> so that's as good of a segue out of segues into uh gameplay which is um uh yeah so basically um you know we kind of t- touched on the fact that uh you know the the mechanics get intense at certain points and and we'll that that's kind of the meat of my notes but the one thing i did want to kind of mention is so okay so <laughs> you get you get gems right uh-huh and you can't yeah. throw gems at people even though they're way harder than apples i know right and recoverable too like you could throw that gem at somebody and then go pick it up and throw it at them again um yeah so you get gems uh, yeah so you get gems uh and those gems can be exchanged uh for goods and lives. services yes well for for lives or wishes right mm-hmm. and we decided what the wishes are correct continues right yes so so it's just interesting to me because basically you can either get one life or with a continue get i think it's four lives because i think you get three lives but zero zero. is also yes no the the continue is the far better bargain but it is also twice as expensive yeah yeah because i mean like the roi on that is it's just kind of like well i can get one life for five you know five ruby rubies not rupees rubies rubles or yeah or or i can get you know for 10 i can get four so it's just kind of like when you do the roi calculation once i realized what a wish was because at first i was like i'm gonna dump money into the lives you know because i knew what that was like i knew what i was getting and then i was like ah i've got enough money i'll I'll buy a wish what is this doing it's like oh it's a continue well, that's exclusively what I'm going to buy now. So, so I thought that, that was kind so of... So do you know what the mechanical difference is between a life and a continue? What? When you continue, you continue from the start of the stage. When you die, you continue from the last checkpoint. You see, the in- it's interesting because the reason why I didn't notice that is because when I burned through all of that <laughs> was on that 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 one where you're escaping the, 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 uh, you know, the, the underground cave area. And uh, and it didn't matter. Lives. Yeah, no, no checkpoints there. Yep, just all. <laughs> I piled the bodies high on my lack of understanding of that mechanic. Yeah, it's 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 not a huge deal unless you're dying a huge amount. And the two places that I died the most are in that level in in the escaping the cave level, um, and then in uh, the last level, which does have checkpoints, and that's where I noticed it because. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to attempt to fight Jafar again. Oh, I died. Oh, God, I have to continue. Now I have to go through the entire level again. Yeah, and that's, that is that is no fun. Um, so I did just kind of want to touch briefly on that. And, and so so here's here's kind of my, my big thing, right? Is so this, this game has these mechanics-intensive portions, right? And I literally, for the life of me, do not know why they're there, you know? <laughs> And and one of the <laughs> because I mean the game just doesn't that was, benefit. That was not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, why just, is this game 
period. Yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, because the, the game that I want to juxtapose this to is Mickey Mouse's world of LSD dropping or whatever it was called. No, that was it. Oh, sweet. Um, that sounds on brand for Disney. But, you know, is is that level did not have those insane difficulty spikes. And what 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 did you get? You ended up getting a visually stunning game that you could basically walk through pretty easily. And it was entirely enjoyable. Like, it does not have to be. I feel like games from this era felt that they had to have challenge as a core aesthetic. You know, so they were like, well, we, you know, the game's been pretty easy so far. We got to make it hard at this point. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have the mechanics in place to add challenge in. You just don't. Like, you have made a visually stunning game. G- go home. Like, you're good. Like, visuals is a core aesthetic. That's fine. You don't need to add challenge in. I would have been more than happy if I had just basically walked through this game, you know, first pass, d- done the whole thing, right? And and then been able to be like, okay, that was that was really enjoyable. And then put it down. And then the the one other thing on this this rant, and then I swear I'll I'll take a breath and let you get those <laughs> words in edgewise. You keep, but uh, is that the problem is that the the things that make the game nigh unplayable are not mitigated by the difficulty setting, right? All the difficulty setting does is you know I I basically it seems like it just gives you more hit points, right? You can take more hits. Yeah, before you I, die. I don't think there's more apples strewn about the world i don't think uh aladdin heads and wishes are any cheaper i i if there are any other differences they are so subtle that the only one i noticed is that you take less damage right and so with all that being said is that that doesn't mitigate the janky mechanics and the huge spikes in difficulty i mean like literally if they took the difference between hard and easy multiplied it fivefold, and made it very 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 easy it's still i still would not have been able to get past that one point you know a thousand lives wouldn't have really mattered mostly because of my rage but uh you know like it wouldn't have gotten me through it right so I just that is to me the the main drive home for mechanics is why why on earth did you decide that you had to put challenge into this game it doesn't need it well and I can tell you that the place I noticed they were bending over backwards to try and insert challenge into the game because I I wouldn't say that the janky platforming is them trying to insert challenge because if you are looking at the code or like the the collision detection view, you say like, oh, the platform ends here. This other platform starts there. You clearly got to run to the end of this platform before you jump off because obviously you wouldn't make the jump otherwise. Sorry. Just to be clear, I don't think that the janky mechanics is their attempt to add in challenge. I think they're, them adding in challenge makes that painfully obvious that that is problematic. You know oh, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so, sorry, yes. No, I'm 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 picking up what you're laying down, even if I okay. totally stumbled over my words. Where I think they did try to intentionally insert challenge, and this is where it unfortunately craps all over the beautiful visuals, is in the Jafar version of the palace after he's you know, it's the final level, so after he's gotten his superpowers, uh the enemy placement goes from quirky right past thoughtful all the way into how much crap can we shove on the screen at once and and the the thing that that just stabbed me in the eyes with we are just trying to make this part of the game harder and we have totally given up on like actually designing a level is at the end of the Jafar palace 
when you're on carpet because carpet auto flies right so when you jump on carpet in the middle of a platforming section he just he it just flies around like crazy and then you just get taken to wherever carpet brings you and there's that one part and i know i saw you through play through it i don't know if this bothered you as much as it bothered me but like there's this one part where for just a couple seconds there can be up to three iagos on the screen in one like little platforming section, there are often two Iagos on the screen. It's like, you know, the generic guards, like when there's several of the same generic guard on the screen, it's like, yeah, because it's just supposed to be foot soldiers. Like, I don't know who that guy's family is and I don't care because I'm going to murder him with (laughs) apples. That's what I'm here to do. Right. I'm here to murder people with apples and chew gum and gum hasn't been invented yet. Or (laughs) depending on your headcanon, this is the post apocalypse and we don't have any gum left. But I do have apples, and I am going to murder this guy. Can you imagine his CEO having to give the news to the family? You know, <laughs> death <laughs> like by comes apples. in, it's like, 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 hi, Dan. Where, where, where's Steve? Steve, please, well, please sit down. Um, <laughs> he was murdered uh, by a street rat. Oh my God, what happened? He was beaten to death <laughs> by a barrage of apples, which like, are way harder than you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> like seven. Eight apples just consecutively were thrown at this person. <laughs> yeah. So that, like, the, the you know, foot soldiers crowding the screen, that doesn't bother me. It's like, oh, but there's more enemies, and that makes it harder. That's fine. But when there's just Iago's about, like, that is like, you're just, that's your only flying enemy. You just needed to design more flying enemies, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, I understand that it makes sense thematically that Iago would be here in the palace with Jafar at this point, but... You could have put bats. You have bats in the cave. Like, just throw some other random flying enemy in there. I don't even really care what it is. Just have an obstacle that does damage, right? Like, there's spikes or something. You've done that in other parts. It, it just, it really bothered me that they gave up on the consistency of the visuals just to make that one tiny little section more technically difficult. And what really signs, seals, and delivers that letter is... You're on autopilot because you're on the carpet. All you can do is swing your sword constantly. There's no strategy. There's no timing. You have no control over how the carpet moves, and there's nothing visually to indicate where the carpet is going to fly next. So they gave up on the beautiful and consistent cinema quality visuals for no reason. Like, you end up just swinging your sword like an idiot until the carpet dumps you down somewhere. And, like, that's... that. That, to me, is the thing that drove home. You didn't have to make this game harder. You you could no. have just left it at the current level of difficulty it was at, and everyone would have been fine with that. Yeah, everybody. Would, it would have been that game where, you know, on the schoolyard where, yeah, there are definitely the games. Where, like, if you walked in, uh, you know, to recess, and you're like, hey, I beat Battletoads. I mean, to be fair, everybody would just call you a flat liar. <laughs> um, no, you didn't, but, Tom. Shut up. God, why, Ethan? Why, why do you bother to come to stuff like this? Um, but uh, but it, let's just say, you know, like, like there were certain games that had you beaten them, it demanded some clout and respect on the 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 field of recess, right? Uh, this would not have been one of those games. I mean, it still wasn't one of those games, you know. But then, you know, it would have just been like a game where, you know, if somebody said, you know, hey, I what what game should I play? I mean, I still would have said like, oh, we should play Aladdin. It is a very fun game. It's just fun you know uh but yeah instead they decided to to insert a ton of challenge one of the places where they did it mechanically that i don't know i would have picked up on had you not pointed it out to me is the um the statues 
oh, you know yeah. that, they, that they're killable because basically up until that point i had assumed the statues were unkillable because they were always put put in such a way that i could not kill them and not get my lunch at but then at the very end they put them in a way where you still technically can but you're gonna get some you're you're not going to get all of your lunch eaten, but you're going to lose weight over time because <laughs> some of your lunch is getting eaten and you're not getting the proper caloric intake that you need from your lunch. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all that being said, is it so, you know, it turns out that right as they start to throw the gem at you or whatever, because they're actually throwing gems, you know, they're, yeah, they, they're, they're holding like little stones or some kind of something. Yeah, they're 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 they ain't throwing apples. They're throwing <laughs> they're, they're throwing, throwing rocks. <laughs> yeah, they're throwing something real hard. So uh, so all that being said is that you know, right when they start to do that, you turn around, you hit them, and it can kill them. And I'm like, all right, well, there was no real visual to show me that that was happening. I had no reason to think that this enemy that is invulnerable ninety eight percent of the times I can interact with them is suddenly vulnerable during this one percent of the time. No, wait, I remember how I noticed it, which was I managed to kill one, and I was like what the H and you were like, Oh yeah, no, those are killable like, in this in a specific instance. I was like, Oh, oh. it will. And this is a quirky child logic thing. You can only kill them when they're moving and no other enemy in the game ever stands perfectly still. So maybe they're also immortal when they're not moving. Right. Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, these are the only weeping angels level enemy <laughs> in the game. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's not good. Um, and, no. and to your point about uh, what you're kind of circling around is you have to be right there when they do that so you can stab them with your sword, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't love that you have a sword, but your primary mm -hmm. weapon is actually the apples. Or should be. Yeah, because there are enemies that you can't properly interact with, like almost all of the bosses, without the apples and it's weird that you can stab all these random foot soldiers to death but then there's a bunch of bosses that you got to apple to death and particularly jafar jafar is not only uh apple first he's apple only you cannot interact with him with the sword so it it's kind of a weird decision to be like hey you have a sword that's useful like most of the time but when it's not it's super duper not useful like that just felt odd it just felt like an odd choice like they could make the sword the less optimal solution but the fact that sometimes it is just flat out not even an option and it's not obvious from them it's not like you can't reach them you can get over to jafar and poke him with your sword it just does nothing right and i mean like and that the, the sword itself is kind of awkward throughout the game because like you said and you kind of i think hit the nail on the head when we were talking before which was that they do not want you to take the blade to a beloved disney character no they like, do not like they they don't want this to be an urukai situation where like you stab jafar through you know through the chest and he like pulls the blade <laughs> through closer as he like stares aladdin in the eyes you know like that's that is some intense non-disney stuff although no, Disney doesn't own Lord of the Rings yet. I don't think. No, um, not yet. <laughs> give give them time. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, you know, I think that the sword in general was kind of a mistake in this game. I think that again, this is where you know they were brave enough to like make this visually stunning game, all this sort of stuff. But they weren't they weren't brave enough to take it like that to take away some of the staples. Like, oh well, you have to have a melee attack. You know, like it's just you got to have that. Well, and then, like that, I, that feels like a 
the game designers were like, oh, well, he has a sword in the movie. We should make him have a sword. And Disney was like, ah, and like, they never totally made them remove it. But at the same time, they kind at the very end when he, he actually, you can picture it in your mind. So Mm. when Jafar is the snake, he grabs the sword and he rides on the big red gem and he skates across the floor and he swings and it does the, you know, the Batman like white flash. So you don't actually see the sword come into contact with Jafar's face, but he obviously cuts him in the face because as the snake, he like lashes back and sticks his tongue out and he's like, ah, so in the movie, he has a sword that he uses on Jafar. Yeah. I mean, it's not I as mean, core no, I, to his personality as Apple's. We know Apple's are all Aladdin is about, but he does have a <laughs> fling with the sword. He he does. No, he does totally have a fling with the sword. And so thus it is like somewhat justifiable. But I actually think that, you know, and and and, and I, I definitely agree with you that, you know, like that he does have a sword and that that is why he has a sword in the game. But that being said, is that like the sword is ultimately ineffective, right? You know, like, I mean, the one time he picks up a blade, he uses it to no avail because Jafar continues to to completely dismantle him. And then the only way that Aladdin wins is through his cunning, you mm-hmm. know? So what I would have liked to have seen is, you know, like an apple throwing mechanic. I think that's gold. I don't think you change anything <laughs> with the apple. The apples is solid. <laughs> but But instead, have a dodging mechanic, you know? Like have something mm-hmm. to where like you push a button, right? And then you basically become invulnerable for like a second, right? So you can dodge and it could just be like a little spin, you know, or something like that. But then you can spin around bad guys and spin over whatever, you know? And then so between that, so the only way you deal damage is with the apples, right? But then aside from that, you're using your wicked cunning to get around all of these bad guys because that's what he ultimately does. That's what he does in the street is he uses the environment to get around everybody. And then ultimately, even against Jafar, he uses his intellect to get around the problem. He doesn't, facing it head on every time he faces it head on he gets his gets his lunch eaten so uh when we were talking in the pre-show i told you that this episode was going to contain a secret bonus section and you've given me about four or five really excellent segues into the secret bonus section but Mm -hmm. The thing you just described is so perfect that I have to take this over from you now. Done. (laughs) So I had a little bit of extra time and I don't get that very often. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how do I want to spend this extra time ahead of us recording? I know I'm going to play through the entire Super Nintendo version of this game because I remember it being distinctly easier Mm. And so I actually sat down and literally just today, about, I don't know, eight hours before we recorded, I played through the entire game in one sitting. I did die a bunch of times, but I, I was able to play start to finish in a single sitting in probably about less than 90 minutes because mm-hmm. it is on the whole, because of a lot of the small changes they made, an overall easier game. The thing that you just spent time describing is exactly how the Super Nintendo game works. Baller. So you do not have a sword at all. You have the apples because Aladdin, you can't have Aladdin without apples, right? So you you have the apples, but uh, the way you defeat most enemies is not with the apples because the apples just stun them. What you Mm. do is you jump on them Super Mario Brothers style, but when you do 
instantly converts your animation from like a feet down jump into a hands first front handspring. And if you time the button press correctly, it actually vaults you up pretty high. And then there are certain objects in the environment that are, they're usually like bright gems or the, a big round circle, super obvious, but you can also vault off of those things. And if you were good at this game or you had memorized the level layout, you could actually get into a super Aladdin-like flow where you were just front hand springing and vaulting off enemies. There's a whole swinging mechanic where you can swing and do like a little flip and then vault off stuff. Like I didn't get to play this enough that I would like really internalize that stuff. But even in the little sections where I did like vault, vault, swing, vault, 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 swing, and then, you know, died and like fell in a pit. But even just for that little section, I was like, oh, this this actually feels kind of good. Like this is sort of a cool thing that they were doing because the, the enemies die in a super cartoony way where they make like a big cartoon face and they go flying off the screen. You know, it's like, it's very brand safe, but it, (laughs) but the mechanic also feels very Aladdin because the whole opening of the movie and the whole way he wins at the end, as you said, that I could not have teed you up for that better. It's not through his brute strength. It is through his, his dexterity of body and mind. Like that is how Aladdin wins the day by being quick on his feet, but also quick in his head. And there are a lot of places that in the super Nintendo version, this completely falls down. I'm not saying it is a flawless execution, but that is the, the tone that they decided to go for. And the fact that you played through this game and basically <laughs> were dreaming of playing the Super Nintendo one. And there would have been a ton of things in the Super Nintendo one you hated, I promise you. Um, but I, I, I'm i kind of amazed that like that is where your, your heart settled. Is you're like, what if it was more like this? And apparently a bunch of people at Capcom, because Capcom made the Super Nintendo one, they are picking up what you're laying down. Excellent. Well, maybe I've, uh, well, if, if anybody works at Catcom, you know, here's this, just let me know. And obviously, uh, I should come work for you guys, you know, yeah, you're, you're wasted on science. <laughs> science is for nerds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So with, um, with all that said, do you have any other, uh, that's the Volcom mechanics stuff. Do you have anything else pressing you on to, to say, to go back? I mean, you, you've already done your bonus stuff. So, I mean, I think we got to go into, yeah, no, let, let, yeah, let's, uh, let, up. let's put a bow on this apple. <laughs> so how did it hold up uh, so i i went back and forth a lot on this um because we just spent what feels like close to 90 minutes pretty effusively praising a lot of aspects of the game but when it really came down to like how enjoyable was this experience would i recommend to somebody go and play this game i no, like For me, this actually landed on full nostalgia goggles because when I beat the game, it didn't feel super triumphant. It felt like, okay, I overcame the crappy platforming and the terrible camera. And that's, that is a difficult feeling to walk away from a game with and say, Hey, you other person, you should go play this game. Now I said at the top of the show that you can now go and buy this game paired with, I think, the Super Nintendo version of The Lion King. So these are both on like a single Nintendo Switch cartridge now. Um, And if you played this game as a kid, I would actually say like strap on those nostalgia goggles good and tight 
and go like play the game because if you have a nostalgia experience for it, you will probably get some enjoyment out of like, oh man, it looks just as good as I remember. And oh, I love the way they made like the video game version of Friend Like Me or like you will probably get a fairly solid amount of enjoyment out of it. If you don't have those big, thick, ready-to-go nostalgia goggles, I think you would just find the the sloppy platforming so unfun and the sloppy collision detection and hitboxes so unfun that you would say, like, I could just go watch Aladdin, right? So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm in a place I'm, I'm not positive I've ever been before, which is if you have nostalgia goggles for this game, yeah, probably go play it. But if you don't, definitely avoid it. Just go watch Aladdin. And for me, I think that, and this is this is actually bad form because during closing arguments, you're not allowed to submit new evidence, right? Like, <laughs> but that being said, there was one thing that, that um, this game does have that I don't think we really need to dig into, but it does have a level select mechanic right it's 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 occluded it's hidden it, it has you know, a but it has a level skip so, like, so the super nintendo one has a password system because it's capcom game and capcom games love password systems so you see that would have been better i feel like the fusion the go tanks of these games would have been pretty pimp yes um <laughs> but but all that being said is um you know you can skip levels right so if not for that i would say hard nostalgia goggles right but if you get to a point where you know you're just i mean basically where i was at where i was like i don't want to do this anymore oh and i don't have to you know and i could just <laughs> hammer in the, the the level skip code and then just moved on to the next level like that to me is what pushes it into nostalgia monocle territory because the game really is just so gorgeous and so much fun that i was really enjoying just kind of putting my mind in neutral and just kind of you know going through the game seeing the cool little mickeys you know like and and things like that like like the hidden little easter eggs i i really enjoyed all of that and then i hit like these so basically what i would say is yes would i recommend this yes and the moment you hit a difficulty spike you will never master it don't try (laughs) skip the level and then go to the next thing and then play that until you get frustrated and then skip it you know like don't you will never the game does not lend itself to master skill mastery um it just you know just play it as long as you're enjoying it and then put it down don't try to master it but the one thing that i think that we can agree on is that there is some degree of nostalgia required to play this game because this this game was born with nostalgia it will die with nostalgia and only the geeks will mourn it the curtain falls the music plays the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land battling evil fighting the darkness just sword in hand your memories creeping with the end of a smile you realize again what you lost for a while you're gonna think on how you save the day Then on all the experience days At the end of it all Gamers play what we play 
along for the ride.